This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Ready for at the movie series? Y'all ready for this? We had a great time with this last year, didn't we? Something we had talked about doing and, and uh, finally were able to, to bring to pass. Um, thank everybody again for watching online, for joining us if you couldn't be here. Um, this is our second annual At The Movie series starting today, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. How many of you are excited about it? We talk about the movies, and people think, well, man, that, that, that don't sound very spiritual. I'd be at church talking about the movies. Well, uh, how many of you in here would say that you really like a good movie? I love a good movie. We, our, our family, we're, we're kind of movie buffs. We, we love we love movies. And how many of you know that God speaks to us all in different ways? And, you know, there's usually spiritual parallels in the things of life. I mean, and, and the Lord watched something in and, and, and a scene in a movie and gone, wow, that could preach. And, and the Lord just showed you something through it. And you were like, wow, that's what a, what a powerful statement or what a powerful thing, you know, that happened there. And, uh, you know, if we listen closely uh, as we walk about in this life, we can find the Holy Spirit speaking to us through the everyday things that happen, whether they're Christian events or not, whether it's a secular thing, whatever it may be, the Holy Spirit can speak to us through those moments, right? And so, you know, why movies? Well, movies are very popular in our culture today. As we saw, most of us love a good movie. And guys, a movie is telling a story. We talked about stories, right? We're going to talk a little bit more about stories today. But stories have always been important throughout human history. We see that many times Jesus spoke through parables. He would tell a story, and then he would bring the spiritual parallel from that story to speak into somebody or a group of people's lives, right? So, yes, we have a movie for this week. And did anybody get the movie correct? How many of you, a bunch of you voted online. How many of you put it submitted online, the movie that you thought it might be? Well, we had three people guess it this time. Three. So we're going to go with number one. The last person who got it correct was Donna Howe. Before that was Chrissy Hampton. But we got to give it to number one, who was Carlina Chandler. Come here. Come here, Miss Carlina. So for those of you who don't know, I each week, like I did last year, put it up on Facebook with some kind of small hint to choose. And Miss Carlina got it right. So we got a $25 gift card to Malco Theater. So y'all can go see a see a good movie. The movie that we're going to talk about today is from 2017, and it is the movie Wonder. How many of you saw the movie Wonder? Here it is there. And uh, let me mention real quick, um, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I, I felt that, you know, um, I, I think there's parts of it that apply to all of us. Uh, definitely some um, themes running through that that we need to apply to our lives. Uh, let me mention to those of you who are watching online, just like we did last year, um, we cannot live stream the movie clips. So, uh, so you will hear the audio, but you will not see the video. We do have a license to be able to show it here in the church, the congregation. But I don't believe a license exists for us to be able to stream uh, parts of a movie online. So, uh, so sorry about that. However, you can come Wednesday night and you can come uh, watch it together with us. So those of you who haven't seen the movie Wonder, we're just going to start off by watching the trailer to it. So y'all take a look at this. My name is Augie Pullman. Next week, 
I start fifth grade. And since I've been see you later. to school before, I'm pretty much totally petrified. I'll see you later. You don't want to walk up with your parents because it's not cool. But you're cool. I know I am, but technically most dads aren't. Neither are these helmets. Dear God, please make them be nice to him. I know I'm not an ordinary 10-year-old kid. I've had 27 surgeries. They've helped me to breathe, to see, to hear without a hearing aid, but none of them have made me look ordinary. The incubator, bunch of murders. Oh, and this is an eraser. You know what an eraser is, right? Look at his face. I've never seen anything that ugly in my life. If I looked like him, I'd swear. I'd put a hood over my face. I know you don't always like it, but I love it. It's my son's face. You are not ugly, Augie. You just have to say that because you're my mom. Because I'm your mom, it counts the most, because I know you the most. Hi. You don't have to do this. I don't know what you're talking about, Augie. You don't have to pretend is all I'm saying. Augie! Okay, I'm really sorry. Why are you sitting here then? Because I want some nice friends for a change. Me too. Who is it that I aspire to be? That is the question that we should be asking ourselves all the time. Hey, Jack, come sit here. In a sec. I'd like to be able to control the weather. That would be your superpower? That sounds pretty lame. What would you do? I'd be invisible. You're the toughest kid in that school. Show them. You can't blend in when you were born to stand out. You ever thought about having plastic surgery? Dude, this is after plastic surgery. It takes a lot of work to look this good. The movie Wonder is based on the New York Times bestseller, and it tells the inspiring, heartwarming story of August Pullman. As you see, he was called Augie. He was born with facial differences that upgrade him from going to a mainstream school. Augie becomes the most unlikely of heroes when he enters the local fifth grade. As his family, his new classmates, and a larger community all struggle to discover their compassion and acceptance. Augie's extraordinary journey will unite them all and prove that you can't blend in when you were born to stand out. So again, how many of you saw this, story, saw this movie? What a great, what a great movie. So yes, this is about August, Augie Pullman. Um, he has a, um, a disorder. It's called Treacher-Collins Syndrome. I had never heard of that in my life. But it evidently is a disorder that uh, causes disform disformities, um, especially uh, in the face. Many people who have this disorder have trouble seeing and hearing uh, because these features aren't fully formed. They are deformed in their bodies. Uh, you saw from the movie, he said he went through 27 surgeries, but his face is still quite deformed. And so this movie takes up where he's been homeschooled up to this point, and they put him in school for the first time his fifth grade year. So uh, for me, this movie is all about how we interact with others. How many of you know our interaction with others is very important? What was the last series we just did? We just finished. Hands and feet, being the hands and feet of Jesus. As Christians, if we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, how we interact with others is vitally, it's of the utmost importance if we are going to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. Isn't that right? So... 
in fulfilling our God-given purpose, we, we talked about, you know, over the last series about how Jesus' heart beats for people. And so, you know, in that, to fulfill our God-given purpose, we have to be very intentional about the way that we relate to others. So we're going to talk about this for a few minutes, things that we can learn from the movie Wonder. So you should have in your service guide, there should also be a note sheet, and you can follow along on there. The scriptures are in there. There's blanks where you can fill in. I'm going to give you four points, four things. As we are the hands and feet of Jesus, as we're relating to the world, four things we can learn from this movie about interacting with other people. Ready for number one? Number one, it's what's on the inside that counts. It's what's on the inside that counts. You would read this and say, oh, I know that. But we're going to talk more about it in a second. But let me show you this first clip from the, uh, from the movie here. Right here. I love you. Love you too. I'll see you later. Can you hear me? We're gonna have a lot of man to man. Now. I gotta stop here because past this point is a no dad zone and you don't wanna walk up with your parents because it's not cool. But you're cool. I know I am, but technically most dads aren't, so. And neither are these helmets. Hey, two rules. First, only raise your hand once a class, no matter how many answers you know, except for science. Check. Second, you're gonna feel like you're all alone, Hawkey, but you're not. Check. Should we lose this? Come on, costumes are for Halloween. Prepare for blast off. I love you. I love you too. Have fun. Dear God, please make them be nice to you. Number one, it's what's on the inside that counts. Um, you know, we all know this, but it's funny how at times we personally feel that we would be better accepted if we look different or talk different or we're from what was considered a different socioeconomic class or walk differently or we're of a different race. I don't know. There's all been, we've all had times in our lives when we have, we have forgotten this about ourselves. 
and we've looked at the, ins- we looked at the outside instead of looking at the inside. Um, as an example of this, I was thinking, have you ever met somebody that really seemed like they had it all together? I mean, there was a little part of you that was kind of envious because it, it just their life seemed to be perfect. They seemed to have the looks. They seemed to be really cool. They seemed to have the perfect family. You may have found yourself envious. But did you, have you ever gotten to know one of those people? And you got to know their heart for just a few minutes? And you realized that suddenly they looked less and less attractive the more they spoke because what was on the inside started coming out. You may realize they were a jerk. <laughs> You're like, wow, they sure had the, the, the perfect package on. But once you open it up and got inside of there, it wasn't everything it seemed. What's on the inside? We've talked about We've been talking about that since last fall. What's on the inside eventually comes out, right? No matter how we package it. What's on the inside eventually comes out. They stand out. Maybe, have you ever known somebody in life that did not particularly stand out? Maybe you didn't see them. Maybe their outside looks weren't the most attractive. Uh, but suddenly you got to know them. The more you got to know them, the more and more attractive their personality, even their looks became because you got to know the real them. You got past the surface and you got to know what was really inside of them. We've all experienced that. But here's the thing. How many of you would agree that our culture is obsessed with appearance? Absolutely obsessed with it. We don't see photos often anymore that aren't photoshopped. As a matter of fact, I won't get you to raise your hands. But sometimes you look at them Facebook or Instagram photos and you're like, wow, they ran some serious filters on that photo. What kind of person doesn't have the slightest wrinkle on their face, right? Nobody's got eyes in that blue, right? What does the Word of God say? Y'all remember when Samuel was sent to Jesse's house to anoint the next king of Israel? You know where I'm going with this. We're going to look for just a second, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 6 and 7. And it says, when they came, this would be the sons of Jesse, he looked on Eliab, 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 however, and thought, Samuel thought to himself, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't look on his outward appearance. Don't look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So we see here, as we know, God looks at what's on the inside. Outward appearance doesn't mean much when it comes to the Lord. Um, I, I read something recently I wanted to read to you guys. Daniel Hammeresh, he's an economic professor at the University of Texas in Austin. He wrote a book called Beauty Pays. It was subtitled, Why Attractive People Are More Successful. Do you guys know that attractive people are more successful in our society today? They are. His study, according to his research, attractive people are likely to earn an average of 3 to 4% more than the person with below average looks. That adds up to an average of $230,000 more over a lifetime than the typical average-looking person. I don't know about y'all. I think that's just wrong. But it shows where our culture's at. Even an average-looking worker is likely to make an average of $140,000 more over a lifetime than a person who would be considered ugly. Other studies have shown that pretty people... Good-looking people get more attention from teachers, waiters, leaders, and mentors. Here's another thing the study showed. 
even babies were studied, and, were, and for some reason, they, were, they would stare longer at what would be considered beautiful faces. And it's funny, too, that babies that are more beautiful get more attention. Does this seem right to you guys? Does it seem like our culture today? Are we probably guilty as well? Probably to a certain extent. This is why people put fake pictures on their social media profiles. They use filters on their pictures to look better, smooth out their skin, remove the blue. It's not even this. Brighten up their eyes. Some people use completely fake photos on their social media. It's not even them. <laughs> Isn't it true? What has this allowed us to do? This has allowed us to hide our inward appearance. Which is just the opposite of what God's word says. God's word says that God looks at the inward. He doesn't look at the outward. So what's the enemy going to do? He's going to make us want to hide the inward and put on this false facade. We have to realize that real beauty is found inside of people. You don't get to know people until you actually take time to listen. That's why we talk about telling your story. You don't know somebody. And it's funny how quick we can make judgments when we meet somebody, when we see them, right? We all have to fight that sometimes, right? You see somebody and you, many times you immediately think certain things by what you see in that outward appearance. You don't get to know someone until you listen to them. You don't get to know how beautiful a person is until you know where they've walked. Until you know what they've overcome Till you know the struggles of their life. The truth is that the essence of who we are is found on the inside. You know, I remember, um, actually, I've known several examples of people who were good spirit-filled believers. Zach was talking about walking and healing and stuff. I've known spirit-filled believers who have fought against maybe a disease, maybe cancer, for years and years and years and years, and they finally get to the place where they say, I'm ready to go. I actually know of spirit-filled Christians who have rebuked them for not stand, continuing to stand in faith. You haven't walked where they've walked. They've struggled. Their faith has been beaten down and beaten down and beaten down. And you know what? If they've come to the place where they say, I'm ready to go, I'm tired, you haven't been there. That's where we got to say, I bless you. You, are gonna, you're, you, do know that, you do know that you're going to heaven, right? It's guaranteed. You, you know that you're, you know, you are assured, right? Amen. Go be with Jesus. We haven't walked in their shoes. That's where we've got to get to know people and where they are and what they walk through. You have a, a person, a, a waiter or waitress that waits on you and they snap at you. We immediately get angry and say, well, I'm not, I'm not tipping this person. Well, that's going to make things better for them, isn't it? You don't know what they just experienced with the last person they encountered. We don't know what's on the inside until we take the time to stop and to listen and to hear their story and to know where they came from. It's what's on the inside that matters, not the outside. Oh, another thing I thought of before I go to the next point. Many times... What's on the inside, as we talked about, ends up being reflected on the outside, right? You ever known someone 
It was really nice. Their inside was beautiful. But they didn't take care of themselves. They didn't take care of their outward appearance. They didn't dress nicely, anything like that. Many times that's an indication of what's inside of the person. Yes, maybe they are kind, compassionate, all this stuff, but they also probably don't love themselves a whole lot. You can learn so much by not just looking at the inside, but looking at the outside as well. It all reflects each other. If God looks at the inside of people, maybe we should do the same. Maybe we should also be less concerned about our outward appearance. We work so hard on our outward appearance, so hard on the way we come across to people, on the way that we look, on the things that we put for the world to see. We can control it so well now. But we've got to take care of our inside because that's what counts to God. So number one, it's what's on the inside that really counts. Number two, when it comes to relating to people, we have got to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. We have got to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Guys, I believe this is one of the greatest failures of the church, especially in the United States. We are good about telling what the Word says, but it's, we haven't always been as good at walking out what God's Word says. And so in many ways, that's given the church a bad name. We've got to not just talk the talk, we've got to walk the talk. And so let's, let's jump in, let's look at this next clip, uh, number three um, from the movie here. I wonder what happened. Maybe Jack touched Doggy and couldn't wash his hands in time. Jack finally got the plug. That's not very nice. Well, we didn't start it. Where are you going? Hi, I'm Summer. Oh no, we're in the same homeroom. You don't have to do this. Do what? You don't have to be my friend. I know Tushman talked to you. I don't know what you're talking about, Augie. I know Tushman talked to some kids before school started and told them they had to be friends with me. He didn't talk to me. Yeah, he did. No, he did not. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. I swear on my life. Okay, okay. You don't have to get mad. I don't like being a kid. She really didn't talk to you? Augie! Okay, I just, why are you sitting here then? Because I want some nice friends for a change. Me too. Cool beans. But you'll get the plague. Good. Summer has the plague. Shut up. So we see this clip of Augie being rejected by all the other kids, and then this girl Summer walks over and uh, walks away from her her bullying friends to sit with him. And uh, guys, this is, a, this is a perfect example of our culture today. Um, perfect commentary of, of how our culture uh, runs and looks at things. Why? Because our society, our society lacks empathy. Our society lacks empathy. People say whatever they want to say today, and they're proud of it. They say whatever comes to their mind. I mean, how many of you remember, some of you remember back when you were in school, how many of you remember the mean kids? There were some mean kids. Let me tell you, I believe today it's unreal. I believe today it's so much worse than when we were kids. People make these cutting remarks 
with no consideration, no thought as to how it affects anybody else. Real quick, I'm going to look at a couple of scriptures. Galatians 5, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, you all know this about the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. How many of you know that our society today would be a much better place if we walked in just a couple of those? I believe I, oh, did, I didn't put, I'm sorry, I didn't put it in your notes, that's right. If we just walked in a couple of them, our society would be a different place. Ephesians 4, verse 32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Guys, kindness is the key to getting in and getting to know people. It's funny, you know, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, and all those things are listed, but really, it's just love is at the root of it all. Kindness bursts forth from love. Love is the fruit of the Spirit. We've been talking about being the hands and feet of Jesus, but if we lack kindness, we will not be able to accomplish God's will for our lives. Life is, love is at its root. It is what fulfills God's purpose in your life. So the way they look, we've got to be able to show loving kindness to people regardless of the way they look, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their gender. How about regardless of their self-proclaimed gender? Regardless of their financial situation, regardless of their political party affiliation, regardless of their claimed sexual orientation, we have got to learn simple kindness. We have to be kind. We've got to be able to walk in love. We've got to be able to see past the outside and love people the way God loves them. Y'all realize that love is the currency of the kingdom? But we rank our right to say something to somebody, to call out sin, we rank that above love. It doesn't outrank it. Outrank it. Love comes first. Love is the most important thing in the midst of it all. You know, Jesus didn't even, he didn't even call out unbelievers. When he called out sin, it was people who came to him, or it was those who claimed to be followers of God. Why would we expect the world to do anything but sin? So all we can do is love them. We weren't called to, to go around pointing a finger and calling out their sin. Let's just show, show love and kindness. That will open the door for more. Then we can begin to take the next step. Love is the currency of God's kingdom. It's the key to everything in the kingdom of God. So one, it's on the inside. What's on the inside that counts. Two, we've got to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Number three, this will sound a little familiar. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. I touched on this just a few minutes ago. Everyone has a story. One of the cool things about this movie, about the movie Wonder, is Augie is the main character, but it touches on every other character. It shows a little bit of their story. So, you know, it goes in and it, it shows the story of each of his family members. It shows the story even of his bullies in the midst of this. You know, unfortunately, rarely do we really have that privilege in life to, 
to understand. For instance, as we're talking about, maybe a waiter or waitress that comes and treats you rudely, we don't generally have the privilege of knowing their story and what happened. We don't have that opportunity. But everybody has a story. And if we kept that in mind and remembered that, I think we would treat people differently. Um, so, for instance, in the movie, uh, Julia Roberts plays Augie's mom, has, gives birth to Augie, who's got this disability, and she has to give up her career to care for him. How many of you would say that's difficult? Something that she loved. And so you see, as you see in, in part of her story there, that she's been struggling since he was born with the fact that she had to give up her dream to care for her son. Some people would be bitter over that, wouldn't they? Some people would be questioning God over that, wouldn't they? You see in the story, Augie's sister. She claims at one point that she's an only child to some folks. And then it shows her story that she feels like her parents have given all the attention to Augie her whole life because obviously he was the one with the most needs, right? But she has felt rejection from her parents, even though they never intended it. But it birthed these feelings within her, right? Everybody has a story. Um, Augie's main bully in the movie, his name is Julian. He's this broken kid. And it's because of his parents and his upbringing and his environment. And you get to see a glimpse of that. In the movie, uh, his sister's name is Via. And at summer break, uh, her best friend Miranda, they, they come back from summer break, and all of a sudden her best friend's not speaking to her, kind of turning up her nose at her. And for half the movie, you're just thinking, what's wrong with that girl? And suddenly it tells Miranda's story. And uh, Via thinks that she's upset and thinks that Miranda just doesn't like her anymore. But I want to show this quick clip that shows uh, where, they, where they showed part of Miranda's story. So, yeah, go ahead. Via and I have been best friends since kindergarten. Her family's always been like my second family. Augie's always felt like my little brother. How's it feel? Awesome. Good. For a few years even, our family spent Christmas together. Everybody say Merry Christmas! Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas! But now my dad's busy with his new wife, who was his old boss. And my mom, well, she's busy not getting over that. I got a job at a summer camp, just so I'd have somewhere to go that wasn't home. One day, I believe game, and I swear I didn't plan this, but I started playing this little make-believe game with the girls in the camp. I said I lived in a huge brownstone on a nice street with my two awesome parents and my awesome dog named Daisy and my awesome little brother with a facial deformity. And oh my God, everyone went crazy. What do you mean deformity? What does he look like? Suddenly everyone wanted to talk to me. 
And by the end of summer, I was the most popular girl in camp. When I got home, I wanted to call Via, but she would have asked me about my parents and about camp. Then I saw Via audition for the play, and I remembered how cool she is, and how I understood why everyone in camp loved me more when I pretended to be her. She used to let Augie hang out with us all the time. I was the one who bought him his astronaut helmet. He was so into outer space. And I wanted him to know that the world was bigger than his room. And now he's out there. And I didn't even know. I could have helped him. Maybe he could have helped me. I don't know. But I could sure use some help right now. So you see, you see uh, Miranda's story there that she had a rough summer. Her parents went through a divorce, and she find, found herself kind of overlooked and wishing that she was a part of her best friend's family. Everybody has a story. Now, we talked a couple weeks ago, we talked about as believers, we have a story, our story of coming to Christ, of where we walked before that, of coming to Christ and how he transformed our life. But every person, every person has a story. So... That homeless person you see standing on the corner holding a sign that you may think under your breath, why don't they just get a job? They've got a story. Again, we haven't walked in their shoes, right? House coming from. That wealthy person in that fancy car that they paid more for than your house that you think, wow, what an exorbitant, I I just can't believe that. There's poor people in the world. They have a story to tell. That person in life who treats you unfairly has a story. Even a child has a story. And it's as we listen to one another that we can begin to have that ability to walk in kindness. But it begins by listening. Here's reality, though. And y'all tell me if this is true. Many times we can't see past our own story. Isn't that true? Many times we can't see past our own story. We can't see past our own arm's reach. And so we can't understand anybody else or where they're coming from. We don't even understand why we have to listen. Because we have this idea that every, everybody's life is just like ours. That, they've had, that everybody's had the same opportunities as us. Whatever, whatever else it may be. We live our life many times in a bubble, don't we? Especially as Christians. We can live our life in a bubble. And we can't see outside of it. Everybody has a story. And it's very easy to judge people and to impose our own personal convictions on somebody else. But we haven't walked in their shoes. James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. My dearest brothers and sisters, take this to heart. Y'all have heard this before. Be quick to listen, but what? Slow to speak. How many of you struggle with that sometimes? We're quick to speak and slow to listen. And be slow to be angry. Be slow to become angry. For human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. (laughs) I never read it quite like that before. Human anger is not a legitimate tool 
to promote God's purpose. The sharing of a story, stopping and actually listening to somebody, that produces empathy, like we were just talking about. When you stop and you listen, empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Y'all get that? Empathy is to understand and share the feelings of another. God wants us to stop to love and to listen so that we can learn empathy toward those around us. And many times, I was thinking about this, many times we equate empathy to be sympathy. Sympathy is not empathy. Sympathy is when we look at that person on the corner and go, oh, that's so sad. And then we drive on. Empathy is different. Empathy is deeper than sympathy. Empathy allows us to feel what others feel. It allows us to feel and share that pain that somebody else feels. Does this make sense? So here's something I read I thought was really cool. I wanted to read you guys. It said, in Jewish tradition, they have some things that they do when someone is going through a difficult time. They call it sitting Shiva. Anybody ever heard of this? If someone passes or has suffered a great loss, they'll go to that person's house and sometimes they will stay for up to seven days. It's not that they go there with a lot of words. In fact, the idea is not that they talk. They may sit there in silence for long periods of time. The idea is to listen. The person can share the story of their loss, of their grief, and they can share their pain. The purpose is they sit there long enough for a transfer to take place. A little bit of the sorrow and the burden that the person is feeling is transferred to the one sitting Shiva. And a little bit of the love and the care and the concern is transferred from the person sitting Shiva to the person in pain. Kind of cool, huh? I'd never heard of that. That's empathy. We've got to remember that we have not walked in other people's shoes. Nobody else's shoes. This should help us to not judge too quickly. We have to learn to stop and to listen to those around us. So we talked about it's, on the ins- it's what's on the inside that counts. Number two, we've got to remember to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Number three, everyone has a story. And for us as believers, number four, Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example. Now I want to talk about this for a minute. How many of you would agree that we all go through difficult times in life? It's funny we, we can all agree with that. Some of you raise your hands. We can all agree with that, but we think that we've gone through the hardest time, right? Isn't it true? We get these thoughts. No, nobody understands. Nobody understands what's happened to me. Nobody understands. And we make ourselves an extent, but that nobody could possibly relate to or understand what it is that we've walked through. You know, the funny thing is that Generally, we walk through the same things in life. 
It may look different. It may come at a different time. It may come through different people. But generally, we experience the same things in life. For, for instance, in Scripture, the Bible tells us that all sin falls into three categories, right? All sin. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Whatever it is that you've done, it falls under one of those three things. Everything that all of us combined have done, it's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, or the pride of life. We all walk through the same things. And I think that we are sorely lacking empathy today, but sometimes we can all be guilty of this idea that nobody's, nobody can possibly understand. But we should stop. We need to stop and realize that we're all at different places in life. Our environment looks different. The way things come looks different. But that we're walking the same path. And this should help us in our empathy toward people. But here's the great news in all of it. The most empathetic person in the universe is Jesus. A lot of people have this idea that Jesus is up there and, he, and we, we commit some sin and he's just shaking his head. Jesus is the most empathetic person in existence. Hebrews 14, 15 and 16. Y'all know this, but I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. It said, he understands hum humanity. Who are we talking about? He understands humanity. Is anybody in this room part of humanity? I'm glad we got like 16. <laughs> he understands humanity for as a man our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way just as we are and conquered sin. He conquered it. This Reading this again this week made me go back and think about the temptation that Jesus endured as he was fasting. I think I'd always kind of had this idea that this was just this was kind of an easy experience for Jesus. Yeah, he knew the word. He just spoke to the enemy with the word of God and he was tempted. This means he was hungry when he saw that stone. And the thought went through his mind, I know who I am. And I can break this fast by turning that stone into bread. But he didn't do it. That means when the enemy gave him the opportunity to bow and have everything that existed in the world, the thought entered his mind. Wow, I could give up this going to the cross thing. He said, no, and I could actually bow and I could have it all. And he said, no, I'm not going to do it. He was tempted. He had the thoughts. He understands humanity. He has more empathy than anyone in the universe. You are not alone. When you're tempted, even when you give in to that temptation, Jesus knows where you're coming from. He gets it. Now, <laughs> doesn't mean that he excuses sin. Okay? Doesn't excuse sin. 
He conquered it. And he says that you can too. But he's still empathetic in this. He gets it. The Bible tells us that he saw us while we were still sinners. He was so empathetic that he went to the cross on our behalf. And he died for us, paying our penalty, appeasing judgment, so that we can now stand blameless before the Father. I was thinking, you know, people aren't generally remembered just because of who they, who they were, just because of what their name is, because they existed. People are remembered because of what they did. People are remembered because of the adversity and the challenges that they walked through in life. And the fact they walked through it, and generally we remember them because they came out the other side. We can follow the example of Jesus because he conquered it. We can follow the example of Jesus no matter how hard things get because we're assured, you know, the Bible calls him our high priest, right? As our high priest, he's walking with us. He also just happens to be the creator of the universe, the one at which every knee bows, right? That, that, that should be pretty reassuring to us. We can follow the example of Jesus. Many times, going to God in these moments... You know, it's really about changing our perspective. How many of you know that way we can feel something in a moment? We can be 100% wrong and still feel a certain way. And what we feel in that moment is real to us. People will say, you know, somebody will come to us and ask, say, you know, this person is upset at me because I said this and they said I hurt their feelings, but it was so dumb. All I told them was the truth. And, you know, but it's still their reality. They're still hurt by it. Even if you think it's dumb, even if you think it's not justified, it's still their reality. You can still repent for hurting their feelings without compromising what's true. Many times going to God, it's simply about changing our perspective. Because how many of you know that God doesn't usually bail us out of our problems in life? We're going to walk through some issues. He promises to be there with us. He promises to walk with us. But he's not going to come and bail us out every time something hard comes our way. Many times all we need is a new perspective. Many times all we need to do is look at Jesus, get the spiritual perspective instead of looking through our eyes at what's going on. And that's all we need to move forward. We've got to stop looking through the eyes of the flesh and look through the eyes of the spirit. The problem is many times we get this whole attitude of, well, this is just my lot in life. It's just, it's just the way I look. It's just Maybe it's just my personality. People just don't like me a whole lot. I, I know I got this quick tempered I can't seem to control. Or, or you know, I, I, I always get overlooked for promotion. I can never seem to get ahead. But it's just my lot in life. It must be God's will. It's, it's just who I am. Boy, you're twisting that and trying to make it sound godly but it's not. Jesus was tempted in every way. He conquered sin, and he walked this life out. And, and people look at Jesus, and they see the end of his life. They see him crucified, especially the world that doesn't believe in the resurrection. They don't see that as a victory. Jesus laying down his life was the victory of all time. And we can follow his example. 
We don't have to accept things just the way they are. We don't have to sit around and feel sorry for ourselves. We can look at the example of Jesus. We can face adversity head on. We can go to the Lord. We can put our trust in him. Follow his example and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us through whatever life may bring. Amen? So the four things. It's what's on the inside that counts. The way that we view others and the way we view ourselves. Secondly, we got to walk in the fruit of the Spirit to make a difference. Loving kindness has to rule every part of our life. Number three, everybody has, has a story. You haven't walked in other people's shoes. Jesus, we can't sin. need to be empathetic. Number four, Jesus is our example. When we leave, live like Jesus, we can't lose. To make it through the adversity of this life, we got to hold on to these principles and be assured that the Lord will bring us out the other side. Amen? Let's watch one of the final clips from the movie. We'll end with this. Thank you, choir. That was beautiful. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, graduates, final award this morning is the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to honor students who have been notable or exemplary. Usually, it's a good works, a service award. But I came upon a passage that he wrote which made me realize that good works come in many forms. Greatness, he wrote, lies not in being strong, but in the right using of strength. He or she is the greatest whose strength carries up the most hearts by the attraction of his own. Without further ado, this year, I am very proud to award the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to the student whose quiet strength has carried up the most hearts. So, Will August Pullman please come up here to receive this award?
towards that stage, I felt like I was floating. My heart was beating so fast. I didn't really understand why I was getting a medal. It's not like I blew up the Death Star. All I did was get through fifth grade, just like everyone else here. Congratulations. That's for you. Then again, maybe that's kind of the point. Maybe the truth is, I'm really not so ordinary. Maybe if we knew what other people were thinking, we'd know that no one's ordinary. And we all deserve a standing ovation, at least once in our lives. My friends do. My teachers do. My sister does for always being there for me. My dad does for always making us laugh. And my mom does the most for never giving up on anything, especially me. It's like that last preset Mr. Brown gave us. Be kind, for everyone is fighting hard battle. And if you really want to see what people are, all you have to do is look. All right. <laughs> Y'all can applaud. That's good. Um, you guys come out Wednesday night. Come see the movie Wonder. It's, a, it's definitely a good one if you haven't seen it before. Um, next week, we have a special movie for Father's Day. And so uh, we'll put up the things so you guys can start guessing for that on, uh, on Facebook maybe this afternoon. Uh, but before we close, let's, let's stand up. By the way, apologize uh, to those watching online. I know our live stream failed a few minutes ago, and it's back online. And uh, hopefully it'll stick with us for here for a few more minutes. But uh, let's, let's bow our heads real quickly. I have two questions this morning. Firstly, if you don't know Jesus... This life will run you over. One who was tempted, creator of the universe. You need the one who laid down his life for you. You need the one who was tempted in every way that you were. You need, to be the, you need the one who appeased the judgment for your life. You need him. You need him as Lord. With every head bowed, if that's you, and maybe you've prayed the prayer before, maybe you haven't, but if that's you and you would say, you know what, I need to surrender my life to Jesus today, lift up your hand right quick. Who in this place would say, I need to surrender my life to Jesus? Anybody here? Say, I have got to get things right with the Lord today. Okay. We're going to pray together real quick. Whether you raise your hand or not, pray this prayer. The Bible says you, if you mean it with all your heart, you're snatched out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You become a new creation. Doesn't mean your problems all go away, but it means that God Almighty, he's walking with you. And he's got your back. And he will lead and guide you. He will order your steps. The Holy Spirit will be with you. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, who came sinless, fully man and fully God, tempted in every way that I am. He conquered sin. And he went to the cross. And he paid my price. He appeased my judgment. He took my shame and he took it to the grave. When he said, it is finished, it meant I could be free. So today, I repent of my sin. I repent for living for myself.
And today, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. I choose to be crucified with you and to walk in your will, to walk step in step with you from this day forward. You're gonna be my Lord. You're my master. You're gonna direct this ship of life. I thank you for who you are. Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me to be everything you've called me to be. I will live for you from this day to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you and you prayed that, our prayer partners are gonna, they're gonna, actually I'm gonna ask you just to come on down, prayer partners, come on down to the sides, our pastors, our elders. They're gonna be down here at the sides. And if you prayed that prayer, I want you to tell somebody, let them know this morning, let them give you a little direction. Let them pray over you this morning, give you some next steps. I wanna do one more thing before we dismiss. Let's bow our heads one more time. Every head bowed. You may be in here this morning and you feel like, maybe you kind of feel like Augie in that story. You feel kind of trampled by life. You feel you've gotten the short end of the stick on everything. You feel like nothing goes your way. You feel beaten down by the trials and, and, the, and the things of this life. You feel that you're always on the bottom and never on the top. Guys, that's not who God says you are. That's not where God wants you to be. Get the idea out of your head that all those things are just your lot in life. The Bible says that you're more than a conqueror. It's time to stand up and be that conqueror. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ. So it's time to stand up and do the things that you haven't done yet that God's word says and know that he's gonna carry you to where you need to be. If that's you and you just need the touch of the Lord this morning, life just feels like it's beating you down. If that's you with every head bowed, if that's you, just lift up your hand. Did anybody say that this morning? Yeah, anybody else? You just feel like it's struggle after struggle after struggle. Yeah, quite a few. I just want everybody to just begin to pray for just a moment. Come on, church, press in for just a second. Just, just begin to press in. There was quite a few around you that lifted their hands and said, man, life is just so hard right now. Press in. begin to extend your faith to those around you. Lord, I thank you, number one, that you are who you say you are and we can trust you. Secondly, I thank you that we are who you say we are and we can trust in that. But Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters here today that are struggling. Feels like there's weight on their legs, trying to make the next step. Everything seems to be a struggle. And we just call for release in Jesus' name. Call for walls to be broken, for chains to be broken, walls to come down in Jesus' name. I pray, Holy Spirit, that they will become so sensitive to your voice that they would know the steps to take in the right moment at the right time. They would know the doors to walk through and the doors to not walk through. Holy Spirit, that you would lead and direct them in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord that you carried our burden. 
And so right now, Lord, I pray that they would just get that burden, that heaviness that they feel, and just, just begin to release it to you. Just, just begin to picture yourself laying it at the feet of Jesus. There's things in this life that we weren't meant to carry, and Jesus already did it. Let go. Say, God, I trust you. Just say, Lord, I release this heaviness right now in Jesus' name. I trust you, Jesus, to carry the food. I trust you, Holy Spirit, to do that heavy lifting in my life. We speak freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. We're going to conclude here in just a moment. We've got a few minutes over, and I know some of you got to go. But if that's you, as we dismiss here in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come down. Let a few of these people pray with you. Let them stand in agreement. There is power in agreement. You may say, well, I've been praying. There is power in agreement. Pray some more. Stand against the enemy. The Bible talks about contending for the faith. Sometimes you've got to stand, and you've got to stand strong. And you don't immediately see the results. So what do you do? You keep standing. You keep standing on what God's word says. You refuse to be moved. You stand strong. He's our solid rock and our firm foundation. As we dismiss, come down and let some of us pray with you and believe with you. Believe these things to be broken off your life in Jesus' name. Guys, we're going to go ahead and dismiss. We love you. We thank you so much for being here. Go be the hands and feet of Jesus. Show that loving kindness to every person you come in contact with. Allow yourself to see through God's eyes what's on the inside of every person that you come in contact with so the Lord can lead you to touch their lives with the love of Jesus. Amen. Guys, we love you. I hope to see you Wednesday night at 6.30 as we watch the movie Wonder together. We love you. You guys are dismissed. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. Down.